here, hungtgirl.com. You, if you um, enable the Adobe plugins, the video, it's free to do that. And the videos will start playing for you automatically, see? And you can check out that side of me, the physical, sexual, naked, physically naked side of me. And my friends with, um, with just a few clicks of the mouse, you can click on the pictures. They're actually videos. Um, you can um, get a subscription, make a donation, or just enjoy the free content. All of the above are very much appreciated. I thank you for that. You can see on the page here what we do here on The Naked Truth. And um, that is go over what's called, uh, basically called Red Letter Christianity. And it speaks for itself. It's, you know, it's focusing on the red letters of the Bible namely because those are words attributed to Jesus and if you're a Christian why wouldn't you give Jesus the last word on any given topic especially if he took the time to cover it so that's what we focus on here on the naked truth Christ's message and what he has to say so this is basically for believers or those interested in believing um, that's what the naked truth is about uh, the rest of the site feel free to enjoy and if you ever get around to it check out the naked truth and living water chapel there as well um, so yeah that's what we do here so we're gonna pick up where we left off in the book of Luke we're actually finishing up the book of Luke um, and just so in case this is your first time reading with me we've already finished the books of um, Matthew, I'm sorry, finish the books of Mark, uh, John, the Acts, and Revelation. Uh, those are the only books in the Bible other than uh, Matthew and Luke, those six that have anything that Jesus actually said in them. So that's what we focus on. Not that the rest of the Bible should be discarded or disregarded because there are valuable lessons and some history in there, but you have to be very careful because there are also lots of um, lies misinformation um there are many different gods being taught throughout the bible not just one not just two not just three religions but all sorts of different gods name even by name in the bible so don't you it'd be impossible to actually genuinely try to live by the entire bible because uh, you just run into contradiction and confusion but you're free to try um so what we focus on is the red letters and what we left off in the book of luke um, and we're almost done with that book also as we're finishing the last chapter today God willing but the passage that stood out to me from um, the last reading in the Luke chapter 23 was this one um, and Jesus said to him well first well this is um, Jesus hanging on the cross with um, two other people crucified alongside him one uh, sort of still mocked him and as they were all dying um, but one had a conversion and asked Jesus to remember him. So here's what that passage is about. And we in, and we indeed justly for we receive the due reward of our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said to Jesus, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said to him, Assuredly, I say to you today, you will be with me in paradise. So this tells us a few different things. One is that... Um, one person was able to be saved at the 11th hour at the very last minute he converted and was saved um so that lets you know you don't have to be a lifelong uh, devotee to religion or find christianity as a child um but you have to seek it as a child would i think that's what jesus says when he means when he says uh those who don't um who don't find uh, Christ as a child will by who whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a child will by no means enter it. I think that's what he means when he says as a child. He means it sim as a simile, um, saying to have that innocent, open heart, ready to believe, not um, like adults do, walking into things with skepticism. So that's one of the things. But the other thing I thought was um, stands out was what Jesus said here. He calls where he's going paradise. That lets us know, one, not everybody goes to the same place when they die because if he, he wouldn't need to say you're going to be with me there if everybody went there. Um, and two, Jesus in Luke chapter 16, so that tells us some people go upstairs, some people go downstairs, some people may go other places. And there's examples of other people going other places, not just dying in the Bible. But, um, well, just off the top of my head, Elijah for one, Enoch for another, um, are two examples that I can think of, of two people who it doesn't say died, but 
took some other path. So that lets us know there's more than one um, more than one path that people can take when they pass away. And one of them is paradise where Jesus is going uh, at this moment where he's talking to the person on the cross. But that tells us something else also. Some preachers will preach that to be absent from the flesh is to be present with the Lord, which is something someone else in the Bible preaches that's not Christian. But it is in the Bible and someone else does teach it. So you're free to believe that or you can believe what Jesus says. And what Jesus says here is that that day he'll be with him in paradise. But if you remember right in Luke 16, there's no mention of God the Father being there. Um, when Lazarus and the rich man pass away, both of them die. One goes to Abraham's bosom as it's called, and Jesus is calling it here paradise if it's the same place, not heaven. Because um, again, there's no mention of God the Father being there in either place. And the other person goes to a place Jesus calls Hades, not hell. Um, so just to keep it straight, that's what we went over in the last reading anyway, if you want to check it out. Um, we're going to move on to Luke chapter 24 now. And this is to wrap it up. And I've, like I said, I didn't, and I didn't realize that um, you could do collections. So as I've done these, I've let them expire, not knowing that you, that they don't just have to expire. You can add them in the collection and preserve them. So somewhere along the way, I realized that. And many of the readings we've already done are in the collections. If you want to check out past readings, um, but the ones that aren't. For the third time now, because this is a new another platform, um, we're going to pick up where we left off on those gospel readings. But since we're already here to the end of this one, it wouldn't, I mean, it, we could start um, John today also, and because it's John and Luke Wednesdays, but it wouldn't really make sense when we can, God willing, start them both on the same day, then it's easier to keep track that they're on the same chapter each reading since we also started the book of mark now since i didn't archive it anyway so that's what we do here that's where we're at now and we're gonna pick up luke chapter 24 and sorry for the long introduction this time but i figured it wouldn't be a big deal since this has very little red letters in it we'll probably get through it pretty quickly um so here we go if you want to read along with me now on the first day of the week very early in the morning they and certain other women with them came to the tomb bringing the spices which they prepared so this would be the um at least mary magdalene uh, probably jesus's mother mary and um i think there were other women along with them that um who went to the tomb but they found the stone rolled away from the tomb then they went in and did not find the body of the lord jesus so they're at the the tomb after the resurrection after the sabbath the rest day and they're there to refresh the spices like I've said before the Jews the Israelites lived in Africa in Egypt and were slaves for much of that time if not the whole probably not the whole time but were there for 400 years so when you see movies of like the mummy where people are mummified in the strips and bound up and all that it's real and the Israelites apparently picked up that custom while they were there because you see that's how they buried Jesus um, or maybe the whole area had that as a custom there's no telling and they went in and did not find the body of the Lord Jesus and it happened so this is the this, the women gone to the tomb after the um, crucifixion but they don't see Jesus there and it happened as they were greatly perplexed about this that they that behold two men stood by them in shining garments so this shining garments is interesting because it um, it doesn't say that they're angels. I mean, at some point they probably will be identified as angels, but this is not in red letters. So it lets us know um, it's not Jesus saying it. So you have to remember anything that's not red letter, you should take with a grain of salt because it may or may not be truth. But it, this is the narrator letting us know what the women saw when they got there. Um, then as they went, as they were afraid and bowed their faces to the earth, they said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but is risen. So the men in the shining garments, as it's called, um, know that Jesus has risen. And they're telling the women that um, there's no sense in looking there. He's already gone. He's already risen. 
He's not here, but is risen. Remember how he spoke to you when he was still in Galilee. So these men seem to know um, the message that Jesus also delivered to the disciples and the women as they followed him. Otherwise, how would they know to reflect back and tell the women to remember it? Saying the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and the third day rise again. So they're quoting what Jesus said when he predicted his own um, crucifixion and resurrection. Um, so who these men must be mean they'd have to either be angels somehow who have uh, been there along the way to hear the message that Jesus gave and maybe they just weren't visible to the people following or um, somehow they know what's going on. They know what Jesus' message has been and they know that Jesus has risen even before the women do. So it seems most likely they are some sort of uh, uh, spiritual entity. And they remembered his words. Then they returned from the tomb and told all these things to the eleven and to the rest and to all the rest. So you see it's down to eleven That's because instead of twelve because Judas has already killed himself. And um, um, let me see. And to the rest. So that means they're still gathered together. The rest of the disciples are gathered together. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James and the other women with them who told these things to the apostles. So these are the women who it mentioned at the beginning of this chapter, who it just sort of dropped in the middle of it. They were there at the tomb. Those are the women. And again, the women are the, some of the most faithful of Jesus' followers, much more so than the men. And their words seemed to them like idle tales. So see how faithful the men are? Not only did they flee and betray Jesus, some even deny him. Um, but even when they've apparently forgotten his message that he told them, because even the angels just remember, remind, told the women to remember what his message was. Um, but clearly the men have forgotten that he said he was going to rise again or just don't believe it. And they did not believe them. So see, they thought that it was all the women just making things up and they didn't believe it. But Peter arose and ran to the tomb and stoop, stooping down, he saw the linen cloths lying by themselves and he departed marveling to himself and what had happened so peter that's simon the same apostle apostle who denied jesus three times before the rooster crowed that's who this peter is he ran on ahead to see if maybe apparently to see if maybe what the women said was true and when he got to the tomb it was empty or at least he didn't see jesus but he did see the, the claws the the mummy type strips there And he didn't know what to think. That's what they mean when they say marveling. He was wondering what happened. Now behold, two of them were traveling that same day to a village called Emmaus, which was seven miles from Jerusalem. And they talked together of all these things which had happened. So it was while they conversed and reasoned that Jesus himself drew near and went with them. So it doesn't say how come they don't notice this Jesus. But Jesus was able to get right up on them and um, apparently walk with them. So it could be a couple of things. It could be because this is the Middle East, so it's probably vast deserts and sand and maybe even sandstorms. Maybe that's how come, but I don't think that's really the reason. Because even if there are sandstorms and no matter where you are, you are just going to suddenly start walking with somebody without knowing who they are. And at least getting a look at them in case something goes down so you'll have an idea. So I don't think that's what it is. I think that Jesus, since he's resurrected, he uh, has the ability, apparently, to change his appearance. Not just his appearance, like a shapeshifter, that's why I called it this one, called that this reading, shapeshifting. Um, but he's, it's not, this isn't the only time he does this. Um, but also it seems that um, even his apostles, the people who walk with him, weren't able to recognize him in his resurrected body somehow and so it could be the shape-shifting or it could be um reincarnation where he's risen again but taken the form of someone else and i know it sounds crazy but it's something that again is in the bible an example is john the baptist how the bible says he is elijah who was to come and that's jesus's words saying that and elijah is somebody who existed a long 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 time before the uh, before the new testament and before the whole the narrative of the new testament 
Um, but Jesus himself affirms that that is Elijah who is to come. And he says, if you're willing to receive it. So he lets us know not everybody's going to be able to receive that teaching about reincarnation. Just as he says, not everybody's going to be able to receive his teaching about eunuchs. That'd be people who've been castrated or who don't walk the regular path of getting married and having kids and that whole thing. Uh, so it was while they conversed and reasoned that Jesus himself drew near and went with them. Okay, so we read that. Um, let's see, but the dis but their eyes were restrained so that they did not know him. So that's the reason that the narrator gives for saying why they don't recognize Jesus, even though they're his apostles. It would seem that they'd recognize him, but um, even if you don't recognize someone uh, visually, there are other things that are pretty unique to people, like a voice that you would recognize. So. Clearly, Jesus has taken some other form that they're not able to see him. But also, it says their eyes were restrained. Um, whether that's the case or not, that's what the narrator says. Um, and he said to them, what kind of conversation is this that you have with one another as you walk and are sad? So Jesus comes along and he's, they clearly don't recognize him. So he starts asking them questions. And the question that he asked them is, what are you talking about? What is it you're going through? What's got you down? as if he didn't already know. Then the one whose name was Cleopas, that's um, uh, the surname given to the one called Simon, at least in another uh, gospel, answered and said to him, or in the gospels, are you the only stranger in Jerusalem? Have you not known the things which happened there in these days? So the, uh, the disciples are um, kind of short with them. They're like, don't you know what's been going on? That'd be like somebody not knowing coronavirus is raging through the streets now. They're wondering, how is it you don't know that there was this big crucifixion of the one who's going around doing the miracles? And um, so they're, they're asking Jesus, who are you? What are you talking about? How is it you don't know? How is it you're clueless? He said to them, what things? So he's still sort of playing dumb. Like, what are you talking about? What things have been going on in Jerusalem that I should know about that you don't think I know about? So they said to him, the things concerning Jesus of Nazareth. So they're, again, they're pointing to the obvious news that's going on, that Jesus, who most of the people were following, well, a lot of the people were following, even receiving miracles from him and even just picking up his message, not just there in Jerusalem, but all around the area, was killed. So they're, he's, they're saying, how is it you don't know about that? Who was a prophet, mighty indeed, and word before God and all the people. So they're giving Jesus his props, saying we know he had, he was able to prophesy, and we know he did the mighty deeds, because they saw the miracles, and they say and he did them um, in front of everybody, in front of God and all the people. So he didn't hide it like um, someone who is doing sort of like if you do black magic type stuff, where you can pay someone to do something, but you have to go to them sort of in secret and do it. Jesus is doing his stuff right and open and um, and not hiding it. And how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and crucified him. So they're saying, you didn't hear any of that. You didn't hear about Jesus, the one performing the miracles. You didn't hear about him getting crucified and how the religious people are the ones behind it and how he's gone. You didn't hear any of that. There is what they're asking Jesus. And again, they don't recognize that it's Jesus. So they lets us know somehow Jesus has taken some other form that even his own friends, disciples, followers are not able to perceive or he's you somehow blinded them blinded them but we were hoping that it was he who's going to redeem Israel indeed besides all this today is the third day since these things happen so they're saying this is the third day since the crucifixion and I guess they're probably reflecting well they'll go into it further but they're saying their hopes were sort of dashed that's why they're down that's why he asked them what's what are you talking about and what's got you down? They're saying this is why they're down. The one who was going around performing the miracles was killed, crucified by our religious leaders. And now it's three days later. And and let's see why they are worried about it being three days later. Yes, and certain women of our company who arrived at the tomb early astonished us. So this is why. They, um, they know it's three days later. And maybe it's creeping into their mind that he did say after three days he'd rise again. And now these women are coming saying that he's risen again, but they don't believe it. When 
they did not find his body. They came saying that they had also seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. And certain of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said. But him they did not see. So they're recounting to Jesus the um, what the women, Mary and the rest of them, came back and told them how they went to the tomb. It was empty and Jesus isn't there. And But they did run into some angels who told them he's alive again. So they're recounting the story. They just don't believe it. Or at least they have doubts. Then he said to them, Oh foolish ones, and slow of heart to believe in all that the prophets have spoken. So this is Jesus' message to them, uh, that they're being foolish, probably because of the doubts. And he's saying it's because they're so slow in heart to believe. And he was uh, confronted by that issue with them again and again. They'd see him perform miracles and then have doubts. They'd see him multiply fish and bread and then have doubts. They'd see him predict something and then it come true and then they'd still have doubts. So he's saying it's just foolish. They're, they've witnessed all this stuff and they still don't believe. And they're still slow to believe. I think that's what's super frustrating. Because after all that stuff, even if some, after some of their own, come to them and tell them, look, we've heard, we went looking for him and he's not there. And we saw angels and they said he's alive just like he said he would be. And yet they still don't believe even though his other predictions came true and they know it down to even Peter denying him before the crucifixion ought not the Christ to have suffered these things and enter into his glory so Jesus is saying basically isn't wasn't that his destiny wasn't the Messiah's destiny the Christ's destiny his fate to be to preach to teach to heal to perform these miracles and then to be betrayed and crucified and rise again he's saying that's the path that was laid out for him already and some of it is uh, detailed, like I said before, in the Old Testament um, and um, in scriptures that they were supposed to use to give them uh, clues, warnings, signs to let them know when the Christ was going to appear and when he's walking among them and what sort of things to look for uh, in the Christ when he shows up. And he did all those things, or at least he checked off a lot of the boxes that they were looking for and still they just didn't believe. And it, and beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. So um, that tells us that, one, this isn't red letters, so it's the narrator saying it again. But the, it's letting us know that from Moses, that be in the first five books of the Bible, as we call it, the Septuagint, as the, um, the that religion calls it. But anyway, those are the books telling basically the steps, the story of Moses and his walk with God or the God identified then. So this is um, this is the, the narrator letting us know that Jesus told them from the books of Moses all the way to the prophets, pointing out the different passages it would be. Um, and even though the Bible didn't exist back then, the, it had not been compiled at that point, at that moment, at that point. Um, so it's not like you, you you can't say he used the Bible to point out, but he used their scriptures that are part of our Old Testament. That's what he used to point out to them from the books of Moses to the prophets, the different passages that pointed to him. Let's see. Then they drew near to the village where they were going and he indicated that he would have gone farther, but they constrained him saying, Abide with us, for it is toward evening, and the day is far spent. And he went in to stay with them. So um he wants he's ready to keep it moving to go on about his business. And he still hasn't revealed himself to them yet, and they still don't recognize it. Uh recognize that it's Jesus walking with them, even from the conversation that he's had with them, even from the line of questioning that he gave them, and even from the way he's answered them, they still haven't picked up on the same spirit that's walking with them was the same spirit that walked with them before. But they picked up on enough, or at least they have the heart enough to um do what it says in the Old Testament about strangers and making sure they're taken care of and not turning them away. And even in the New Testament, that's one of Jesus' messages to be able to tell um, the sheep from the goats, those who turn away the stranger like America's doing on the southern border, turning away, turning away desperate people looking for asylum and forgetting that they're there. That's the same sort of thing. That's what's happening there. 
But they didn't turn Jesus away, even though they didn't recognize him. They told him to go ahead and stay with them because uh, it's getting late. Why should you wander on the road? And that sort of makes me think of the story in the Old Testament where the holy man, the religious man, the was uh, traveling and um, he had an argument with his wife, his fiance, I guess is what she'd be back then. And um, so anyway, she left and didn't stick around and be with him. So he went to go get her and get her to bring, uh, get her to come back to him. And he went to her father's house to get her to come back. And the same thing happened there. The um, father was like, no, stay, stay. It's getting late, stay, it's, it's dangerous. And he did that like two, three, four nights. And then eventually the holy man decided, look, I'm not gonna stay here again, just cause you asked me to. And he loaded up his fiance and hit the road. And of course, they ran into danger and it basically it was the uh, Sodom and Gomorrah 2.0 and it's also in the Bible if you want to see what happened there the man it's horrible he forsook the woman let her be attacked gave her over to the, the attackers to save his own hide and then she was left for dead and um, then he dismembered her chopped her up and sent her through the whole territory because he's ticked off that they killed the wife who he gave to them madness but it's in the bible if you want to read it and that's what this made me think of and that they're telling jesus even though they don't know it's jesus don't hit the road it's late stay here excuse me <clears throat> now it came to pass as he excuse me now as he now it came to pass as he sat at the table with them that he took bread, blessed and broke it and gave it to them. That'd be like saying grace. Then their eyes are open and they knew him and he vanished from their sight. So this tells us a couple of things. Jesus is resurrected now. He's appeared to them in a way that they don't recognize him. So probably his physical appearance has changed or he changed it. Or like I said, he blinded them somehow so they wouldn't recognize him and perceive him. However the case, they, they were right, right there with him and didn't recognize him. And, um, but when they did recognize him, it was when he said grace. It's the way he prayed, the way his connection to God is apparently what gave it away to them to let them know that, oh, this is Jesus, he's back. But as soon as they realize that it's him, as soon as they find, as soon as their faith is affirmed, it seems to be the message for me, is that's when he vanishes. And it's, I think that is the hidden message for us. When we walk through life with doubts, even though we have the message, even though we've seen Jesus, God step up for us in ways that we couldn't explain before and uh, save us and deliver us and disappoint us sometimes, to be honest. But when we've seen those moments where divinity steps in and helps us, it's not long before some other issue, some other problem, some other hassle comes up and it seems insurmountable and it's on our mind and we're worrying about it and thinking about it like that came a show dwelling on all the social media stuff instead of just unplugging from it i know it's not easy but it's what you can do and it's the same thing here it's um it's they didn't know they had their doubts then when their their um faith is affirmed god goes and affirms our faith through something to let us know there is a god i'm still watching out for you there's a hope as soon as that happens then it's like that moment's gone and we're back on our own to say, okay, there's your little portion. You have a little more energy to keep going, to not give up. I think that's what Jesus was doing here for them, letting them know, even though they're walking in their doubts, they feel like their hope is gone. Like they said, they thought he was going to be the one to redeem them. And now they've seen him get crucified and buried. So they're like, well, where do we go from here? What else can we possibly do? The strongest hope we ever had is here and they defeated him. And now what do we do? So Jesus showed up to them to let them know, no, your hope is not dead. Your hope is still alive and your hope is overcome. But it's up to you not to give up that hope. But he appeared to them to help affirm their faith, I think. And then I think that's just, that's exactly why he also quickly vanished too. To let them know, I'm not going to be here to hold your hand every step of the way. You walk with me all this time, have some faith. And they said to one another, did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us on the road and while he opened the scriptures to us? So they're saying, didn't we have that feeling? Didn't we just know in our hearts that um, something was special about this man who was walking with us? 
even though they may not have clearly didn't recognize that it was Jesus, but they they're recognizing in their hearts that they had a feeling that they knew something was different about him just by his conversation. And then surely when he gets said grace and then broke bread like they used to, that's when they knew him. That's when he disappeared. So they rose up that very hour and returned to Jerusalem, which is what he told them to do. He told them to stay in Jerusalem until he um, gives us the whole, gives uh, the Holy Spirit. I think it was like 40 days or something like that is what he told them to do. So you see, they were also not exactly being obedient, but they did. They turned around like the prodigal son. They said no at first and did their own thing because their hope was gone. But now their hope has been reaffirmed. So they turned around now and they've headed back to Jerusalem, which is where they were supposed to be, and found the 11 and those who were with them gathered together. And maybe that's another message for us that when we stray with doubts or fears or issues of life and then God does show up for us or deliver us from them or affirms our faith somehow and we get back on that track it's maybe it's to keep us on that track to make sure we don't just fall away and let our doubts get the best of us saying the Lord is risen indeed and so these the the, the two that he appeared to return to the rest and are saying look Jesus is alive again and he's already appeared to Simon that's how you know that's the Cleopas Cleopas. So they're saying Jesus is back. He's alive, and he's appeared to Simon. And they told about the things that had that had happened on the road, and how he was known to them in the breaking of bread. So they're testifying. Test their testimony is, we didn't know him. He came up on us, and we were walking together, and we still didn't know him until he said grace and um, broke bread with him. Then we knew him. So let's see. Now, as they said these things, Jesus himself stood in the midst of them and said to them, Peace to you. So this lets us know, lets us know Jesus somehow is able to change form again because somehow he's just appeared to them. We know that they're all locked up, so they're, they're, the doors are locked because they're afraid that the religious authorities would kill them also, which most of them would eventually be um, martyred. Um, so they're not just um, hanging out. They're... Um, locked up secure hunkered down as people say is what they're doing but suddenly jesus was able to penetrate all their defenses and appear to them and his message to them is to have peace is giving peace to them but they were terrified and frightened and suppose they'd seen a spirit so of course someone suddenly pops up in your house and you you know your doors are all closed of course you'd be a little scared so that's where they're at they're terrified um and apparently still not just recognizing that it's Jesus right off. And he said to them, why are you troubled? And why do doubts arise in your hearts? So um, the others he met had doubts. That's what they had when he met them on the road to Emmaus. Um, and now these ones also, the other 11 doubts. That's what arises in their hearts. But it makes sense because they've seen their friend, their leader, crucified so of course you wouldn't expect to see someone who it'd be like us suddenly seeing George Floyd walking walking down the street we saw him get murdered on video with the knee to his neck so if you suddenly saw him walking down the street again of course doubts would arise in your heart and confusion because you'd wonder what's going on so that's where they're at behold my hands and my feet that it is I myself. Handle me and see, for a spirit does not have flesh and bones, as you see I have. And there's a message you can't uh, read over there. Jesus is not in a spiritual body, as preachers will try to tell you he is, that he's in a spiritual body after he resurrected. No, he's not. He clearly just said it right there, that he does. he's not in a spiritual body, because he has flesh and bones. And he says spirits don't have that. So he's not in a spiritual body, even though preachers will tell you that. But he is in some sort of other physical body. Um, and it's apparently able to change phases because, again, he just appeared to the disciples out of nowhere, even the doors, even though the doors were locked, and even though he's flesh and bones. So it's not, he's not some ghost. So it, what comes to mind to me would be either he just has that divine power to appear and disappear, or, which clearly he does, that's what he did on the road there, but I think what comes to mind the way it would be possible for us would be one of those, um, like the movies, the, the, gate stargate that type thing where you're able to open up a portal like the x-men where you're able to open up a portal and appear from here go from here to wherever in an instant 
Um, but Jesus is able to do it apparently without any of that. But he's able to, the point being, change his uh, form somehow. And it doesn't really get into how or why he does that, but he does. And he even goes back to his other form because on our Saturday night readings, um, the Gospel of Nicodemus, we know that even his enemies witnessed Jesus after the crucifixion and resurrection, still preaching and teaching to uh, disciples and other people in the city, like publicly preaching. So they knew he was alive again um, and not just a ghost, not just something that you can't put your hands on. But he actually had flesh and bones, as he told them to handle him and see. So if he was a ghost or just in a spiritual body, they wouldn't have been able to do that. So again. You just have to be careful when preachers tell you things that they're just telling you what they think or what they believe, which is all I'm able to do. I'm only able to tell you what it is I think Jesus means by these things, but at least I'm going by what he says. And he said very clearly that the spirits don't have flesh and bones as he has. So that this is no point blank period. He's not in the spiritual body, but he is in some other body, even though his other body was crucified and buried and clearly resurrected. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his feet, but while they still did not believe for joy, so at least that's why they're not believing now, because they're just overcome with joy. Um, again, that'd be like seeing George Floyd walking down the street. You'd be overcome, like, can't believe it. He's actually alive again, or and not only alive again, and um, uh, but overcome the, 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 um, I don't want to say murder because I they might block me but overcome the tormentors the oppressors the ones who killed him that's what he's done it, he's um it'd be just like if George Floyd were walking down the street again he overcame the person who put the knee on his neck even though it killed him he's alive again same thing with Jesus here only it's actually happened with Jesus if we're believers that he overcame the people who crucified him and took his life up again just like he said he had power to just like he said all along because he knew that those things were going to come uh, were approaching him um and it didn't stop him it didn't deter him from the path he knew he was meant to take um so while they stood up did not believe for joy and marvel he said to them have you any food here excuse me Excuse me. So this is another way of letting us know that this isn't a ghost. It's not a spiritual body. He's in a physical form because he's able to eat food. And that goes to another reason, another reason why the Old Testament can um, sow seeds of doubt and contradiction because if we're to believe that angels are spiritual beings, then how is it angels are eating food? And that's what it that's what the Old Testament says the angels ate manna but um, <clears throat> why would a spiritual body need food anyway so Jesus is not in a spiritual body here he's in a physical body and he's asking him have you had any food um, excuse me and the disciples have transitioned now from their doubts to um, not believing for joy just overwhelmed so they gave him a piece of a broiled fish and some honeycomb and he took it and ate in their presence. So, um, again, he's not in a spiritual body. He's in a physical body. He's eating with them. And um, they're witnessing it. Let's see. Then he said to them, These are the words which I spoke to you while I was still with you, that all things must be fulfilled, which were written in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms concerning me. So Jesus is saying, telling us, or what we can glean from this is that in the law of Moses, that's the first five books of the Old Testament, the prophets, that's um, all the minor and major prophets, um, and the Psalms, that's like the three divisions of the Old Testament. Um, although there are other books sprinkled in there too. Um, but those are the three that Jesus is pointing to, um, showing, telling us and telling them that um, there are things written in those three, the Law of Moses, the Prophets and the Psalms, things concerning him, prophecies concerning him, things he was meant to fulfill or point to him. So, and apparently that's what he went over with them, had a Sunday school lesson as it were, going over with them, the scriptures that they know or were taught or should know or taught, be taught, that point to him. So using uh, 
citing the Old Testament scriptures to point to um, things concerning him. And he opened their understanding that they might comprehend the scriptures. So that lets us know some of the scriptures are so deep that only God can open our understanding to them. Um, but again, that was also pointing to the scriptures that point to Jesus. Then he said to them, Thus it is written, and thus it was necessary for the Christ to suffer and arise from the dead the third day. So Jesus is saying that was his destiny. That was the path, <clears throat> excuse me, the path he was already predetermined to take. And um, the path of the crucifixion and the suffering and um, the resurrection. And that repentance and remission of, his, of sins should be preached in his name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. So Jesus is saying that's the major message of Christianity. Repentance, just like he said at the beginning, repent and believe in the gospel when he started his, uh, his ministry. And repentance, again, just basically means self-examination, introspection, to think about your own, your own actions, your own thoughts, your own behaviors, your own words even. And um, instead of focusing on someone else, focusing on your own and being circumspect and making sure that those are right and making sure that you're right with God instead of trying to make sure someone else is right with God. And, um, and then when you notice that you're not and you see the places that you're not uh, focusing on that, getting it right and recognizing that you're wrong and admitting it. That's what repentance is, recognizing when you're wrong and apologizing for it, whether it be to another human being to God or even to yourself because we do sin against ourselves sometimes with the things we eat, the things we do, the things we say um, and remission of sins. So that's the payment of the sins, letting them know that the sins are already paid for. All you have to do is repent for them um, and that the payment made was Jesus by a as we believers believe the payment was Jesus um, and that was the point of the crucifixion. Um, and then preaching it to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. Um, wait, did I read it in that repentance? Yeah, okay, I did. Remission beginning at Jerusalem. So basically telling them to start where you are and carry the message forward. And you are witnesses of these things. Um, so again, letting them know they've witnessed that's their role in the big picture. To witness what Jesus said and did and spread it. Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you're endued with power from on high. So Jesus says that um, there's another gift on the way, that be the Holy Spirit is what he's referring to here, I believe. Um, and letting him know that that's what's going to come after, I think it was 50 days, the Pentecost. So at this point, it's probably not 50 days. What well, was the third day since then? So like another 47 days. Um, but letting him know that Stay in Jerusalem, and then um, the next phase of your walk is on the way. But the command he gives them is to wait there in Jerusalem, and that power is on its way. And again, I think he means the Holy Spirit and Pentecost and all that. And he led them out as far as Bethany and lifted up his hands and blessed them. Now it, had, now it came to pass while he blessed them that he was parted from them and carried up in heaven. And this again is witnessed by not just the disciples, but many of the townspeople and even his enemies uh, witnessed it. And we've read some of it in our Saturday night reading, um, the Acts of Pilate, if you want to read about it yourself, the Gospel of Nicodemus, um, how they witnessed that Jesus did resurrect and he was witnessed preaching to his disciples and to other people and that he ascended, even his enemies who crucified him, some of them were the ones who witnessed it. So it was, it's pretty undeniable. And they worshiped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy and were continually in the temple praising and blessing God. Amen. So um, that actually ends this reading. So they watched Jesus ascend, then went back uh, to the temple to give thanks and praise and wait for the gift, the Holy Spirit, the Pentecost, like Jesus told them, some of them. Uh, so anyway, that ends this reading and that actually ends this book, Luke. And um, like I said at the beginning, um, I didn't realize the whole indexing and adding them to collections was uh, even a thing, a possibility. So um, even though we finished this book, next Wednesday, God willing, we'll pick up um, in the Gospel of John chapter 1 and Luke chapter 1. Um, to catch up where with the archiving and the collections and 
if you care to join me then. And then we have our Matt and Mark Mondays where we go over those Gospels. And um, like I said, Saturday night, early Sunday morning, we have our Gospel grab bag where we're in the Gospel of Nicodemus, the Gospel that didn't make it into the Bible, um, but aligns pretty perfectly with a lot of the events in the Bible. So um, in the meantime, thanks again. Wash your hands, wear your mask, love your neighbor, and uh, God bless you. Stay safe. Peace. Uh, it's here. It's called HungTeaGirl.com, spelled just like my name here on Twitch. And um, you can see what you're expecting there. The naked side of me, the physically naked side of me, um, the side of me that exists on all of us very clearly, very apparently, very undisputedly. Anyone can take off their clothes and you'll see we're all naked. So if you go there, the videos will start playing for you. If you enable the Adobe plugins, it's free to do that. And as you see, the videos will automatically start playing for you that way. And um, it's adult stuff. So if you're only if you're 18, you can check out all that side of me and my friends and um, enjoy. And you can get a subscription, make a donation, or just enjoy the free content. All of the above are very much appreciate it. I thank you for that. Um, if you can't tell, what we do here is explore the other side of us that is not always accepted or obvious, and that's uh, the spiritual side of me. And I believe that exists in all of us just as sure as the sexual side does. Uh, so uh, for me, that boils down to Christianity, and that does not mean the holy roller type Christianity where you're always pointing a finger at someone else that you may have seen unfortunately i apologize for the bad name people like that give christ and christians but um for actual christianity that's what we focus on here and that is meaning the red letter christianity and that's actually focusing on what jesus had to say on any particular topic and generally as speaking it's very different than what anyone else spiritually religiously would have to say and not only um from any church you may know but also from the Bible itself just in case you don't know there's more than more than one uh, God preached in the Bible more than one deity preached in the Bible more than one person that people worship in the Bible and that means there are going to be more than one opinion on different things here's where we explore that like for instance what God has to say about gays transgender people it's very different than what else, what other people in the bible have to say what jesus has to say so that's what we do here on the naked truth that's what we do here on um and i explore on the living water chapel pages of the website if you decide to check those out um so um that's let gives you a background on what we do um let me see and i'm gonna pick up where we left off and I'm very new to all of this stuff with the Twitch, so please be patient with me. And uh, in the meantime, so this is where we left off. We finished up the book of Luke, and since I was, I mentioned that I'm new to Twitch because I didn't realize all the things you can do here, like collections and stuff, so I can actually sort of archive the ones we've done in the past. That's what we're going to pick up with today. I'll cross that bridge, but let me first say, I'm sorry pick up where we left off in the book of Luke. We finished it and this is the passage that stood out to me and it, let me just read it to you here. Um, this is after Jesus has um, resurrected and um, been witnessed alive again by the disciples and it's what we call resurrected but when you actually read it it sounds more like um, reincarnation than resurrection even though it seems more instantaneous than what um, many uh, Eastern religions and other people believe about uh, reincarnation. Many believe it's possible and it takes, but it, it takes, I, I think, thousands of years in some cases. Or, but in this case, we have an example of Jesus being killed by the the uh, the, the religious uh, people who had power at the time, and um, then appearing again after his crucifixion. But it's so terrifying to the disciples and the people who believed in him and followed him and saw the miracles that he did that it seems they don't even necessarily believe it when they first encounter him again. Um, and that's the passage that stood out to me. And it's in Luke chapter 24, the very verse, 
very last chapter of the book. So this it's labeled here in, K, in this New King James Version. That's what the NKJV stands for there. And so this is what Jesus said to him. Um, now as they said these things, uh, Jesus himself stood in the midst of them and said to them, Peace to you. Uh, but they were in but they were terrified and frightened and supposed they'd seen a spirit and he said to them why are you troubled and why do doubts arise in your hearts behold my hands and my feet and that it is I myself handle me and see for a spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see I have so the thing to notice there I think was that Jesus is risen again they're either so terrified by the fact that they're seeing him again because they saw him die um, that they can't believe that he's alive again but also he's alive again somehow because they're going to recognize that it's him and he's even telling them handle him and see so this sort of belies a lot of churches preaching that um, Jesus in some, is in some sort of spiritual body Jesus is making it very clear here he's risen again but he's not in a spiritual body he says he's got flesh and bones as you can see and tells them to handle him and see and then you're going to see later that he's even going to eat with them and in the book we're reading on Saturday night Sunday mornings um, the gospel of Nicodemus that didn't make it into the Bible we can see there that Jesus even did other things like appear to other people publicly openly again and again and again but for some reason uh, the Bible when it was compiled didn't include books like that it instead included a path toward uh, Paul's teaching which is Catholicism which is a whole other religion that is also in the Bible which people choose to believe now and conflate with Christianity which is not based on Christianity it's based on Paul's teachings who actually never was one of Jesus's disciples in case you didn't know it it's in the Bible so anyway that's what we do that's what we're gonna pick up we're gonna pick up in the book of Luke and but to get back to the subject I jumped ahead on myself there we're gonna begin at the book of Luke today um, because um, we just finished it and it's Wednesdays and that's what we do on Wednesdays is John and Luke John Luke Wednesdays um, um, and also because like I said I didn't realize you could do archives of collections of the different um, um, different uh, readings here of, you know the video so I didn't realize till realize that until I was at least halfway into doing these so forgive me but that's where we're gonna pick up so it's sort of a good thing I'm gonna pick up with John and Luke today um, with chapter one of each and I'm gonna end this video here because for archives sake it'll just make it easier and then pick up in just a moment with Luke chapter one and we'll also do John chapter one God willing in just a moment if you would like to check it out thanks peace God bless you see you soon <music>